0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mental Money, a financial podcast that believes that money is more than just dollars and cents. I'm your host, Randy, and I'm a legacy coach who has been teaching people to navigate their finances for the past few years, and I absolutely love seeing people win financially, which is one of the biggest reasons why I created this podcast. So what can you expect from the Mental Money podcast? Well, the first thing you can expect is a new episode to drop the second Thursday in each month. And the second thing you can expect is a new guest every single time, sharing a unique perspective on their financial journey, their financial struggles, or just a unique take on a financial concept to help us all learn from each other. So, if this podcast interests you, please give us a follow and keep listening because the next episode starts now. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Mental Money. In this podcast of Mental Money, I'm joined with a good friend of mine, Tim, and we're just going to be doing an Uh, question and answer session so the questions that you guys had for me and just questions in general to just help kind of answer some common questions that people have about their finances and their life because this is more than just a money podcast because money touches Mm -hmm. everything so Tim why don't you give us a quick introduction and then we'll just start answering some questions here
1: yeah, sure. yeah. So I mean, like you said, my name is Tim. um i I live in Regina, Saskatchewan. I have my CPA designation, so chartered professional accountant. and yeah, i've uh, I, I work at an accounting firm right now, and I, I don't know. I guess like, yeah, I have a podcast of my own with a few friends of mine. and we, yeah, talk about personal finance a bit there. it's It's just such a huge passion of mine. Is, is talking personal finance. I like all my friends. It comes up at some point in uh, in our friendship. We we go off on a rabbit trail of personal finance and I have some where our friendships are based completely around personal finance. So, I mean, I, I love talking about it. So I was excited that you asked me to come on to the show.
0: Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get you back when we do like a more specific thing. But I just want to take a break to actually like answer some questions that people have instead of just picking a topic that we want to talk on. I figured I would ask these questions. Question number one, what are the best lessons you've learned about money?
1: Oh, man. So anybody who knows me will know what I'm going to say here. And it's living on a budget, like living on a budget has just changed my life. I used to, for example, spend way more money than I thought that I did on fast food. I make some random, you know, 100 $200 purchases. And and I never realized how detrimental that can be to my long term financial health and financial future. And yeah, living on a budget, it made me become disciplined with my money. It gave Every dollar, a specific goal, a specific job, and it kind of turned things into a game for me. Like maybe this just goes to show how nerdy I am, but it it kind of turned it into a game of like, okay, so right now I'm investing, say like a few hundred dollars a month. How can I? How can I get that higher? How can I maybe get that to like five hundred dollars or six hundred dollars? And it's just gonna become a game of like, okay, where where can I? Save money, where is my money not working for me in accordance with what I find important and and where is it not working according to my values? And how can I change that?
0: that's that's pretty good. yeah, I would say i'm I'm pretty much the same. Uh, one of the best lessons I've learned is just how to how to budget, but also just simply knowing how much money I'm losing losing every single month which in mm-hmm. essence is when you budget, you find that out pretty quickly. So what are yeah. a few of your favorite tips in helping people avoid spending extra money? I mean, for
1: this question, I think it, it really goes back to my answer to question one there is is about budgeting. And when you know where your money's going, what's happening with it. Uh, then that really changes. It, it really changes the way you look at money changes your spending habits, because you you realize that like, I only have so many dollars that I can spend. It, it doesn't just become the wild, wild west of, of, you know, okay, I'm just going to spend however much I think I have or spend on whatever makes me happy. And hopefully everything balances at the end of the month. It, it it's a way of becoming very intentional with your money. And One other tip too is, is thinking about your future and what you want and like setting goals. So, I mean, you know, like for example, some people, their goal might be fire, like financial independence, retire early for some people that might not be their goal, probably for most people, that's not your goal. And, but then like those goals will, will impact what you do now with your money. Maybe it's, maybe vacation is, is a huge, is a huge value for you. So you need to, you know, figure out, okay, within my budget, how how am I going to allocate X amount of money towards vacation and still, you know, put food on the table, thinking about even eight years down the road. Okay. I'll probably need a new car by then. And how can I start saving now and working towards that uh, so that, so that I'm prepared for my future. So that future me is prepared for, for, for my car breaking down, or if you're planning to get married or, or have kids or things like that, J- just thinking about your future and s- setting yourself up well for that.
0: So having financial goals is key to helping people avoid spending money as or unnecessary money. That's not planned.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, because then you kind of start to second guess yourself, right? You, you and, and not that I think it's not that I think it's healthy to second, second guess yourself on everything, uh, but but there are a lot of things that maybe we should be second guessing ourselves on. Like like I mentioned for myself, fast food in university w- was a problem and I didn't second guess myself on that and I didn't think about what Tim 3 years down the road post graduation would want that I wouldn't want student loans that I wouldn't that I maybe I would want to move into a house sooner than later.
0: All right. So this next question is actually coming from a bunch of the Dave Ramsey clan that I follow. And they essentially always want to know this question. This question comes up a lot. So I figured I would just answer it on my podcast and and see where it goes. So where would you recommend people put their emergency fund?
1: Yeah, so I I I think it depends from person to person. For example, if you have TFSA room, I think a high interest savings account held in a TFSA, you're going to grow your TFSA room at least a little bit that way. For myself, I like I'm a little more risk tolerant, I guess. And uh, you know, I I throw the money in a TFSA, but um, a good chunk of it. I I keep in like, you know, stocks and really ETFs, I guess. ETFs and ETFs and mutual funds, but I, I do still keep about four thousand dollars on hand for more of
0: those immediate emergencies. When it comes to an emergency fund, the way I kind of view it is just simply you're needing some money to be liquid and available for you to spend. So in my opinion, it doesn't really matter where you put it, as long as you can have instant access to it when you do need it. And that's going to change from person to person because Mm -hmm. some people in some situations are going to need a higher emergency fund than others. And some Mm -hmm. are going to have no like very little liability. So their emergency fund might be just two months of an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. But as long as that money is liquid, I think that's what's the bigger picture when it comes to where you put your emergency fund.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like if you're, for example, if you don't have a credit card, you really can't wait three days for your money to come out potentially in the case of an emergency that that might not be realistic for you. Hmm. um. So that like might be something to consider.
0: Okay, so let's move on to the investing question. So again, okay. these questions are just kind of questions I have pulled from different groups and questions that I've been asked over over the last couple of years and I just figured I would answer them. So I kind of grouped them in, in kind of different groups. So we just went through the kind of the basic financial questions. Now we're going to go into some more uh, specific area of investing. So what advice do you have for people unsure of investing in this specific time?
1: I, I would say do it like it's, it's something that you're never going to be able to outsmart the market or anything like that. Uh, as as long as you aren't experiencing financial pressure yourself, like don't go into debt to be able to invest. J- just don't. <laughs> so uh, yeah, like the idea is average in average, like just invest consistently, keep on investing because you're never going to be able to beat the market. You're never going to be able to outsmart the market. So then that way you aren't missing, you know, the bottom of the market. Sure. You're going to, going to invest at some points when the market is at a high point, but you're also not going to miss those low points. So I think that's a big thing. If the market has you nervous, honestly, just start small, start with something that you're willing to lose. You're probably going to see that grow over the next couple or few years. And maybe that'll give you a little bit of faith and you can, you know, you can start slowly adding to that.
0: So, how does this eight percent inflation that we're seeing affect our investing?
1: Your dollar is worth eight percent less. and even in a normal year, you're losing two to three percent of your uh, of of the value of your cash due to inflation. So I mean if if you're saving, but just within a high interest savings account or something like that, Any any money that you're saving now will just about be worthless by the time you retire. So it's it's actually like super important that uh, that you learn to invest so that you can beat inflation, honestly.
0: Yeah, because ultimately at the end of the day, right now, just having money sitting in a savings account is is actually losing you money. And in order to invest and, and this is not to say like invest. And then when all of a sudden the market goes down, you pull that money out. No, like you got to invest for the long term, Mm -hmm. which also gives me a little bit more peace when I'm investing, because I've seen the track record of the market go up and down over the long, long, long term. And ultimately we're in a big dip right now. And as long as we just don't pull out of the market and we just kind of ride this wave up, we'll be okay. Investing is, I like what you said about just starting small because right now that might be your ticket into just saying like, yes, I want to invest because I agree we should all be investing if we can invest. Mm -hmm. But if you're nervous about it, not doing anything I'd rather have you throw a hundred dollars into the market, than then just be, then be too nervous to do anything in the market. Like start with something, even if you have $10,000 that you don't know what to do with. And instead you only decide because you're nervous about the market to only throw a thousand dollars in. That's Mm. great. That's a great starting point. That's huge. Do that. And then build up the confidence, to just kind of be like, okay, maybe I can do a little bit more or no, I'm comfortable right now. I'm still a little nervous. I'm still really wanting to pull that money out. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And just one thing I want to add too is like, if, if the big thing that's holding you back is like, I don't know the markets. I don't know the first thing about investing. Just find yourself a financial advisor. Uh, like call around to different, uh, in different investing firms around your town or city or area. And yeah, you can find somebody who can help you. Typically, a lot of them will, will, will just charge a fee based on a percentage of what you invest. So you aren't even like, maybe necessarily losing like that $500 for a meeting or something like that. It's, it's just, you put the money in and the, the fee comes out, you know, probably quarterly or something like that. But it, I I think it's a really good way because the financial advisor can meet with you and talk about your goals and can help design a portfolio for you based on, you know, based on how much risk you're willing to take on based on, um you know, if you're planning to buy a house a couple of years from now, but a financial advisor will be able to work with you on those plans. will be able to help you figure out, you know, potentially like how much money you should put away to be able to retire. Like a financial advisor will give you a lot more peace of mind and confidence uh, just because they know, they know things about the market. They know the history, they know what to, you know, they have a good idea of what to invest in. So.
0: Yeah. And they'll also be able to, look at your look at look at who you are in the situation that you're in and be like okay like this 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 person is not um an aggressive investor this Mm -hmm. this guy is just wanting to start so they might put you in a little bit more conservative funds that will actually maybe make you a little bit money this time but it's not going to be aggressive growth right like Mm -hmm. they're There is, there is a lot of wisdom, which I've always agreed with. If you, if you have the opportunity to put an expert in your corner, put Mm -hmm. an expert in your corner, especially when you first start investing, it's not a bad thing to lose a little bit of money, paying a fee to someone who's going to give you expert advice on how to invest. Mm -hmm. And then later, if you feel more comfortable, then go out on your own try this out on your own but I don't recommend investing on your own like when you first start financial advisor is a great place to start I always recommend you look at three different financial advisors before you settle on one because let's be honest there's a lot of scum in that industry so just (laughs) just be be careful check out three different financial advisors and kind of go with one
1: yeah and even what I recommend to people is that like you go with somebody that you're able to trust so if if there's somebody that you already know and trust who's a financial advisor I think that's probably a really good person to uh to choose as a financial advisor because they're going to care about you then you're not going to get (laughs) like I don't know they're not going to offer you a product that's maybe better for them as a financial advisor than it is for for you as their uh as their friend so they're gonna be looking out for your interests as your friend, so.
0: For sure. Okay, this next question. What are your thoughts on paying off student loans or low interest loans prior to investing? Do you believe that utilizing debt to get ahead is a, is a thing or are you more cautious with that?
1: I, I'm more cautious with that, to be honest and and i would say to most people to uh that they should pay it off sooner than later some people would say oh yeah it's only whatever 4% interest or something like that if i if i invest in the stock market then i'll get you know 6 or 8 or 10 or 12% back on average and while yes that's true most most people Most people won't actually take that extra money and invest it necessarily. Oh yeah. Let's like cut down our expenses as much as possible so that we can invest as much as possible. That's, that's just not the reality for most people. So I would say for most people, you just pay it off. And and the other thing too, is that, is that it can become a cash flow issue later on in life, especially times like right now where we're going through high inflation is, you know, it, it, like it's a, a t-
0: good time to have some extra cash on hand. That's <laughs> for sure.
1: Yeah, exactly. If if you're on a variable rate mortgage right now, and maybe your payments have gone up like six hundred dollars a six hundred dollars a month or something like that, having this extra three hundred dollars that you're required to pay every single month is not going to be helpful. So, for me, I I just like to avoid those payments as much as possible.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm of the same boat. Like if at the end of the day, it's choosing between investing or it's choosing between paying off like a lower interest loan, I'm always paying off that debt first. And then, and then after that debt is paid off, then you can decide, okay, like, do I want to play with some debt or do I just want to stay debt free? But I think the initial start of just saying, nope, the student loan is getting out of my life. I don't Mm -hmm. care if I'm going to make 4% on utilizing in the market or not. I think that it's just a smart idea to get it out of your life. It's not holding you back, especially in this Mm -hmm. time where there's a lot of people with a lot of debt during these high inflations and they're really, really struggling. Because they don't have the access to the, the cash flow like you were talking about mm-hmm. that you would have if you would have just paid everything off. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people like myself who are debt free, but like this, this time of high inflation is not really affecting me that much because I don't have any payments leaving. So mm-hmm. that payment that I if I had payments that would That would leave me a little less cushion in my budget, in my actual finances, if I had to just keep making payments on something. So Mm -hmm. definitely, uh, I just am a big believer that you just pay off your debts as soon as you can, and then you start investing after.
1: And I think it builds discipline with your money, too, right? Like if you're 100%. Yeah. Like if you have this, this student loan debt or whatever, and you say to yourself, like, I'm, I'm going to go after this, I'm going to pay this off. Then you kind of have to start thinking about your finances a little bit. And you, you kind of, are, you're just able to prove to yourself what you're able to do with your money. And you, you you prove to yourself that you're able to be financially responsible by the time you're done paying that you're like, Oh, Hey, I have this extra $300 a month. I guess I can save that now. And you're able to prove to yourself how much you can do with your money. So I think that's just huge learning that discipline.
0: A hundred percent, especially if you haven't learned that discipline already, like it's, yeah, it's one thing if you've been through these ropes before, and then you want to just maybe play with a little bit of debt and see if you can get ahead that way. But, but, honestly, if this is your first time and you're just kind of going through the motions of, okay, I got to get this student loan. I have this car payment. I have this, I have that, the other thing, just get it out. You'll build so much discipline and you'll be so proud of yourself when you pay that off that Mm. you will probably not want to be in debt again. Like that's, that's just the thing of it. There's so many people that work so hard to get out of debt. And then, then people will ask them years later, like, are you using debt? And they'll be like, no, like, why would we do that? (laughs) (laughs) That seems really, really silly that we worked this hard to get out of debt just to try to utilize, to make 4% on something. So they're very, very, they built the discipline and they're sticking Mm -hmm. to not using debt. So kudos to them, honestly, like you can, you can utilize debt a little bit, but honestly, Just to keep it nice and safe and simple, get debt out of your life. Like that's the real win there.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: All right. So now we're moving on to some career questions. So this one, this person asked, I have an opportunity to make more money to pay down debt, but it's a job that would mean a lot of sacrifice for me and my family. Should I take this position?
1: That's a good question because, you know, I love paying down debt. I I, I just like getting debt out of your life with, with a caveat, like for myself, I, I'm focusing more on my TFSA than my mortgage right now, but any kind of consumer debt, any, yeah, like credit cards, student loans, vehicle loans. But yeah, should you take a job that'll help you pay down debt, but it means sacrifices for your family? I I think it depends on... What the situation is looking like. if it's just a few months and you can have your debt paid off, i i I say go for it. you're gonna you're gonna have that peace of mind having the debt paid off. and it's just a few months. you're you're not missing out on on like your kid's childhood. You're not you're not gonna be missing from your family for like a couple of years. But if it is a situation where it's going to be, more than a year or something like that. I, I think unless it's, uh, unless it's like a do or die situation, I, I, I don't think it's probably worth it. Yeah. I, I would probably go with like kind of a year as kind of the general rule, but uh, yeah, re- really, it, it depends if it's like a short-term sacrifice or, or, or a long-term sacrifice.
0: Yeah. I'm in agreement with that. I generally go as long as it's not against your core values and as long as it's two years or less uh in terms of that which you said a year which depends on what it is right like if it's a really yeah. really crummy job that's going to like tear your family apart if it lasts more than a year then clearly don't do it for more than a year mm-hmm. yeah if you can like if your family is willing and committed and it's not against their core values then i say anything 2 years or less to help you pay down debt that's not a bad thing so i would i would go for it as long as it's not against your core values and your family is unified in that decision
1: yeah yeah i think like big and like big thing is whether one year or 2 years is having that end in sight where you can say okay we only have to do it for this much longer and then like we'll have this all paid off and things will go back to normal
0: yeah for sure So how do you know when it's time to leave your job?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, I guess like sometimes they tell you uh, (laughs) if you're just doing a bad job. (laughs) (laughs) So I think like if, if you aren't happy and another opportunity has come up that you is kind of more in line with your, with your dreams. And if you have like adequate, savings to kind of bridge you over to that I I think like that's probably a good time to uh leave your job and yeah I I think like kind of the other thing I would say is if there's yeah if it's an abusive environment I I think like you know and it's like causing you like not just to be unhappy but like it's causing you like mental health disorders, anything like that, you got to get out right away.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, even if you have something close lined up to like meeting the same kind of criteria of that that job that you want to leave, I would just leave because it's Mm -hmm. just going to do so much better. Now, cautious with that because the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Mm -hmm. But ultimately... At the end of the day, if 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 this job is not is not where you belong, it's not where you belong. You're doing yourself a disservice staying there and you're actually doing the company a disservice staying there because you're Mm -hmm. just basically punching a clock. And 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 it's just better if you have a different opportunity, just take it as soon as you can, just take it and just just be open to the idea that the the grass is not always greener on the other side and just be cautious with that. But yeah, hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Like I would just say kind of like the big thing is, is like, if you're it, if you're just like unhappy at your job and you don't have adequate savings, that would be the time that would be a bad time to leave your job. You want to have, if, if it's only that you're unhappy, you want you, you can just tough it out until you have adequate savings to uh, or, or just like a direct step into another job that that gives you better. a pretty
0: good goal to reach for. Really? <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we're capable of more than we think we are. So,
0: yeah. Okay. So what's one of the biggest non-financial tips on how people can start to win in their finances? So
1: my biggest one here is surround yourself with the right people, especially people that you want to be like. So for myself, I've found myself a community, you know, largely here in Saskatchewan, uh, another friend in Alberta, uh, but just people who I'm able to talk finances with, people who are able to help give me tips, people who are really supportive and, and who cheer me on and celebrate my financial successes people who, um, you know, don't make fun of me too much for, for my budget spreadsheets. And, um, (laughs) yeah, I have a group of people that I do spreadsheet parties with at the end of every month where we go over our finances and talk about the markets and how our investments did and how much we were able to save and things like that. And that's been huge for me in my financial journey is just having those people in my life who aren't just like, oh yeah, good for you who are actually like celebrating, um, celebrating my successes, celebrating my journey, helping me out and steering me in the right direction. So,
0: um, awesome. Yeah. One final thought. Um, how does giving increase your financial situation? I get this a lot.
1: Yeah, that's a tough one. Like for me, I think it makes me realize how much more, or like how much money I have is when i'm like oh hey i'm actually able to carve out this much money and and give it away then it it just kind of makes me realize just how uh just how blessed i am and and at the same time too like it kind of forces you to be intentional with your with your money too because it's like okay i want to give this money away but at the same time i still want my stuff (laughs) I still want like to do my things like go on my trips and as but but at the same time like being generous is is also like a core part of who I am and what I believe uh a core part of like yeah my spirituality as well um and so I yeah I think it, it really forces you to 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 really look at the money that's coming in and be like okay like how am I going to how am I going to work this so that I'm able to give a good chunk of money away but also like achieve my financial goals and stuff like that and that's kind of where budgeting comes in again is being is making that financial plan and figuring out where each dollar is going
0: Yeah, I think you're very right in the intentionality side of giving. Because when you give money away, you have to become intentional with what money is left over. The same way that I say that giving forces you to live unless you make, giving makes you become intentional with the rest of your money. It creates a discipline that... Is almost forced upon you because you can't get that money back so you are forced to become intentional with your money which is a huge win in your finances because if you can become intentional with your money you can actually start to win in your finances because you're forced to actually watch your money you're forced to watch every single dollar leave and every single dollar come in You're being intentional. So thank you for bringing that up. I really appreciate it. And once again, thank you for coming on and joining me as we just simply answered some questions that people have been having for a couple years now. So thank you so much. And I hope to have you on this podcast again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. Yeah, thanks for having me on today.
0: Well, once again, Tim, I just want to say thank you for coming on and answering some key questions to help us all win in our finances. If you've enjoyed the conversation with Tim, you can find out his podcast in the show notes. I'll put a link in there for you to go follow him. If you've enjoyed the Mental Money podcast, I just ask that you give us a rating and a review to help spread the word of Mental Money and help us all start to win in our finances and if you have any suggestions for the show please just reach out and ask i would love to hear your feedback as always tim my guest and my mental money podcast listeners keep going keep winning i'm cheering for you